0: I'm Christina Cotarucci, and this season on Slowburn.
1: It's called Proposition Six, the Briggs Initiative. John Briggs is going to fire every gay and lesbian
2: school teacher in California.
0: With so much at stake, young people became activists.
2: We can't let this happen in California. And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slowburn, Season Nine Gays Against Briggs. Out now, wherever you listen. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. The artist talk has been hailed as one of the most exciting new voices in Canadian music, and for very good reason. Take a listen to this. Before my time runs out What if I... It is Talk with Runaway to Mars. Talk grew up in Ottawa before leaving to take a crack at making music in Toronto. But as you'll hear in a minute, it was actually Coming Home that spurred his biggest hit to date and launched his career. That's taken him to performing on late night shows, amassed millions of streams, opening for Shania Twain on a tour right now. He just released his debut album. It's called Lord of the Flies and Birds and Bees. I was off, so he sat down and talked to Talia Schlanger, our guest host, the day after he opened up for Shania for the first time.
1: Welcome to Q. Thank you.
2: Thank You're you. You're welcome. Me.
1: Yeah. You've had a lot of moments.
0: It's been a wild ride the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Last night you opened for Shania Twain. Let's start there.
0: Yeah. It was an awesome show. That yeah. was fun. That was my first arena gig. Oh. First boy. time first time playing in an arena. Were you nervous? No. I no? don't think so. No. Okay. I feel like you get like butterflies walking up the stairs to the stage Mm -hmm. but it it just felt like uh anytime you're an opener i feel like you just want to go and win people over and and just have fun and when you're having fun on stage people can see that and so i think that was just the ultimate goal let's go and have fun and that's what we did we had a great time
1: good so opening for shania though is a i would think a big deal because you grew up kind of into her music
0: yes it was the first album i ever bought i still have it with me which one um Okay. Oh, wow. And I had it on stage last night with me, the original album. Aww. I hope she signs it. I hope I get to meet her in the next few days.
1: Tell me about your singing when you were a kid. Did you start singing really early on?
0: I think I I think I always kind of was musical and would sing. I, I, my grandma tells the story better, but she said that like at one point she had heard me singing along to the Shania Twain record in another room, but like no one really picked up on it or something like that. It was like, oh, he's singing so well, we can't really tell that you know, he's singing along to it. They Mm. thought it was just the record.
1: Oh, wow. So at what point did you give yourself a chance to to sing for
0: real? I think high school. I had a teacher named Miss Britton, my grade 10 English teacher, and she ran the Glee Club, Mm -hmm. which also looking back, not necessarily like the coolest thing you would think, but I was super into it. And she encouraged me to sing. She had heard me sing something like Coldplay or something. I sang The Scientist in class. She had a little piano in class and I would Mess around on it, um, before before uh, before class started, and she encouraged me to sing. And she said, "You have a great voice. Why are you not singing?" So that's kind of the confidence came from there to like do it more. And then I would sing in the halls and sing in the coffee houses that they'd have at the school and stuff like that. Mm. And I and I and I hoped I could be a musician full time. And I'm very lucky, and it's happening, which is great.
1: It's happening. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about sort of the the big moment that that took off. You moved to Toronto from Ottawa to take a stab at. I did at music. I did, and then COVID. And I think people are a little bit COVIDed out on on stories, but this is a formative story to the making of you know your first big hit. So, do you mind telling me yes. about what that period of time was like?
0: So, when the pandemic was starting. Mm-hmm. I was working on music and I was, I was kind of doing it full time. I was working like odd shifts, like as an engineer, um, or I, I think I worked at a grocery store and then all my other time was spent writing and working with other people. When, when, when the pandemic was kind of coming and people knew the city was going to shut down or whatever, I kind of panicked and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back with mom and dad. And I didn't want to worry about big cities or anything. And during COVID, it gave me an opportunity to, um, constantly be writing at all times. So it was kind of a blessing for me in that sense that all I had to do and all I wanted to do was write. The witching hour was always my most um, my most uh, successful time with writing, and and that's what happened with Mars. It was three in the morning. I woke up, um, grabbed my guitar, and just kind of played what I heard, and it was the chorus for "Runaway to Mars." So it just it was like a stream of consciousness. It was just like all came out, and it was probably 20 or 20, thirty minutes that, that it was all done. That's unbelievable. It was it was crazy, yeah.
1: I want to play play the song and then talk more about sure that, what happened.
0: Before my time. Runs out, what if I
1: That's "Runaway to Mars" by Talk. I hear the, like, the feeling of loneliness and isolation.
0: Yeah, it's almost got like this edge of hopefulness too. Mm-hmm. Listening back to it, I mean, I do kind of play it every night, but it's it's nice. I don't really listen to the recording that much, but it's got kind of got this edge of like loneliness, but it's also like hopeful, and it doesn't it's it doesn't sound like a, a sad song.
1: Do you, um, do you remember hearing feeling hopeful in the moment that you wrote it, or is it something that's kind of like
0: it took a while, I think to realize what I had mm. um but like i I have people in my life I call them mirrors, and it's like people that aren't in the industry that I'm friends with that I can send songs to yeah um and that'll give me honest feedback or mm-hmm. they'll be nice about it even if it's bad, but you can kind of tell like the oh my God, this is special, and it came from everyone mm. when when I sent that song around and and I think I felt so validated when it really went viral. Um, Because it didn't at
1: first right away. So what happened?
0: So I released it and for a new artist and a new song and like no label, no backing, nothing. um, It was very, I think it was very successful. I was very confident in it. I was like, there's something here. I know it. And when it didn't happen, I wasn't like sad or anything. I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. Let's move forward. Let's release more, more music. Let's try And then a year later, it was just, it was after some great bookings and great shows. Um, I played a festival in Quebec City called FEQ for a lot of people. I went from playing for 400 people to playing for like 60,000 in a week or something. And it was maybe our sixth show ever. There's some videos from that and and social media and TikTok and and Instagram and all that, that that really took off Mm -hmm. with the song. And it took about three months after that. Last week of August, first week of September is when it went really viral in 2022. And I don't know exactly what caused it, but the snowball just got big enough that just everyone was hearing this song.
1: And you were saying a moment ago that you felt validated when it went viral in that way.
0: Yeah, because it was like, I wasn't wrong about this song. Mm -hmm. I was right. This is a good song. And I think you can really tell a song is a great song when it's just vocals and accompaniment.
1: They call it the campfire test, right? Like yes. if you play it around a campfire, and it's still a good song if you it's strip away all the production. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, the song went crazy. It went to number one on radio in the U.S. You performed on the Late Late Show with James Corden. Did. Millions of streams. Mm-hmm. You told our producer that you weren't prepared for the pressure that came along with that, and I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about about that side of things.
0: Yeah. Well, when it went when it went viral, it went really viral really fast, and um, it went from. Um, like people caring and watching the project, like label-wise and, and agent, everything like that, like watching from the development stage. And then it went to, okay, everybody wants a piece of you, a piece of this project, a piece of it. It just came with a lot. There's a lot of pressure. It was like I had been given this massive golden egg mm. and I didn't want it to crack. Mm. I did not want to destroy... Like I had give, been given this opportunity, and it was like the only thing I could think is like, don't mess it up." oh you know because it's like, I, you wait I waited a decade for this to come along, yeah. and now it's finally here, people care what I have to say. Don't say the wrong thing, like over overthinking everything, um, I also didn't do myself maybe any favors with how like I every time there's an opportunity, I jumped at it I didn't like give myself any time. that's if I could go back and redo it, I would give myself a little more room to breathe. I think, and just like not be tur- like on all the time.
1: How would you do that though? Because when things happen and you've been waiting for them to happen know, for a long it's, it's time, it's tough.
0: It's it's. But I think if I could like float down as an angel, <laughs> to to pass talk yeah. and just be like, you need to just take a day to do nothing. I know it sounds crazy, but it's really going to help. Mm. And hope that I trust myself enough to do it. That's that's really the only way. Is you just have to like, everything goes away. It can wait till tomorrow. Just breathe. Like of course, work and work really hard and do everything you need to do, but you have to give yourself space to feel and think. And I don't, I don't think I did at all. And then, and then I, and then you have like the, and then you have like the, everything comes at once. All your emotions flood out, and then you have like a little cry fest, and then, and then you feel better, and then you get hugs from your friends, and then it, it, it happened a few times, um, and you let the emotions out. But if you, if I could have given myself a little more space, it would have. I think it would have been better for me emotionally, and just as successful.
1: Well, it's good that you know that now cuz mm-hmm. you're just at the beginning. Yeah,
0: I try and do it. Definitely now I'm better at at processing things and taking things a little slower and not getting I get emotional excited about things yeah. often. Um and I'll jump at like I try and give myself more time to make decisions.
1: Wow, that's really hard. It's, it's really tough. hard to do, it's tough. right? Yeah. And entertainment you're made to feel mm-hmm. like you're lucky for everything mm-hmm. that you have so you just should say thank you and take every
2: Yeah, every, every
0: opportunity, chance. yeah.
2: I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Coming up, more with the pop artist talk after this.
0: I'm Christina Cotarucci, and this season on Slow Burn.
1: It's called Proposition 6. The Briggs Initiative.
0: John Briggs is going to fire
2: every gay and lesbian school teacher in California.
0: With so much at stake, young people became activists.
2: We can't let this happen in California. And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow
0: Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out now, wherever you listen.
1: I want to play uh, another track from your debut album. Have a listen to this. Turns
0: out all of my highs are making love to my lows. Making fun of my boundaries, stakes and stones.
1: That's a little bit happy from Talk's debut album. If I could see how you see me.
0: I could be a little bit happy, yes.
1: Tell me about writing that.
0: So there's something when you go really viral that happens, and and anyone that's gone very viral can tell you this, especially with music. Is your posts and your social media starts to reach outside of the audience that you would normally have in which you get a lot of mean people mm. um, that kind of are, it's, it's fed to everyone, right? When it goes really viral. So you're going to get people that aren't very nice. And I wasn't expecting that. I knew I knew of it, but I, it was all new to me. Um, and so I think I was seeing a lot of really mean comments and I try and engage with a lot of stuff on socials. People send me DMs. I try and reply to everything because um, a lot of people, especially when Mars went viral, were messaging me about, Um, how they were feeling. And a lot of people were saying, I don't talk to anyone about this, but I feel like I can send you this message. And so those people need to be seen and heard. Um, It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it (laughs) is. But I think if I was somebody I try and think of it like if I was somebody sending that message, you know, it might really help to see it, to have someone see it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the mentality I took. Even if it took a little more out of me, it was probably worth it. But a little bit happy was during that time. And I have, I have a wonderful girlfriend She's also my stylist. Um, And she always makes me feel really beautiful and handsome like I belong. And Mm -hmm. so she was kind of the inspiration. Like if I could see myself through your eyes, I could be a little bit happy. That was the idea. Um, And I wrote it with my friend Justin Tranter um, at his his studio in Los Angeles. Um, And it just kind of came out. It was just a beautiful moment.
1: What you just said about her making you feel beautiful and handsome and all those things, are you does that imply that you didn't feel that way at a certain time?
0: I think I think I have days where I don't feel the amazing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I think all of I us think, do. I think I think it's just a normal thing. Yeah. Um but especially on social media it can get amplified and you can people can point out a lot of things about you that you definitely might not like about yourself. Um and so it's it was really important to have someone to tell me that that's not true and that I'm loved and all that kind of stuff.
1: There's a lot of discovering self-love uh, on the album. Yes. Where does that come from in you, the, the desire to share that?
0: I think I spent a long time pretending to be someone I wasn't maybe or trying to fit in too much or trying to... I just cared too much what people thought for a long time. And I'm much too lazy to continue that. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm too lazy to pretend I'm someone someone i'm not um it's much easier to be yourself and so that that was the kind of realization i made over the past four or five years like i love sparkles and dressing up in bright colors and and singing and doing all this stuff and and like broadway stuff and and i love meatloaf and i love like like the singer not the food the food's kind of i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't pick it but (laughs) the singer's great um and so i i just wanted the album to kind of speak to people and let them know that it's cool to be you it's cool to not be okay sometimes it was a love letter to my past self really that's kind of what it was is me taking my past self on a journey of the last five years like starting starting one place and then ending like the last song the album is called set on me and it's like i won't give up i won't let the sun set on me i won't that's kind of the whole idea
1: congratulations on making your debut full-length album thank you and on everything that's yet to come for you thank you so much you're welcome thanks for being here
0: thanks for having me pleasure in my head with supermodels 4am in empty bottles hands are stained with old regrets i'll cut the seams to sew the dress it's hard to stop and
2: hard. That is Talk and Set on Me. Before that, guest host Talia Schlanger's Conversation with Talk. His debut album is called Lord of the Flies and Birds and Bees. It's out everywhere now. He's also heading out on tour. For more information, go to imtalkmusic.com. All right, that's it for this episode of Q. The other episode uh, we have up today is... I feel like I, I, want, I want this guy to be able to just drop by whenever he wants. Rick Mercer, for being one of the most like legendary Canadian comedians, and one of the most recognizable Canadian comedians, is always so prepared when he comes in to talk on our show. He has great stories, has a great way of, of, of telling stories, and he just... He's a pro. He delivers. However, in our conversation today we talk about his new book uh, the road years he gets a little wistful and i've known this guy a long time you rarely get him uh, get him wistful he was a little wistful about his time having to leave the mercer report his deciding to leave the mercer report and and looking looking back on it so if you like canadian comedy my god you're gonna love this conversation with rick mercer go check that out wherever you got this podcast we'll see you soon later on